Hello and welcome to That Film Studio. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. This is our movie show where we bring you the latest movie and TV news. And what a weird couple of weeks it's been. Spider-Man, all sorted. Oh man, we have a lot to discuss there. Um, but heaps of other stuff as well. Before the news, let's start with trailer talk. Alright, first up, um, The Kingsman. This is the second trailer, or first full trailer. And third movie from director Matthew Vaughan. The sequel because he's done, he Kingsman. did both of them, didn't he? You know, I didn't realise until watching the trailer, yeah, it's been Matthew Vaughan on all of them. The third movie, and this being a prequel, ordinarily would be the time that the original director takes a step back, someone else comes on board. Yeah. They'll maybe contribute towards the story, they'll get an executive producer credit. Nah, this is still it's Matthew his, Vaughan. It's his baby, it's his thing. It's it's. It's got the vibes of Kingsman. It's all there. It's and that's what it that's what it needs. The vibes, the tone, the action. And, I and think this movie has it. That's the trailer Matthew has it. Vaughan's, it's his style. It's what he does. It's really it's all there. It's just a different setting. Like we mentioned when we saw that first trailer. Um I don't what's new in this trailer though? There's I mean, there's a lot more stuff And that's what's going new. on. We're just, we're just seeing we're just seeing more the wider world and, and that's what we're getting here. And I think this is the trailer where I would stop. It's the second trailer. Maybe they'll get one more, which would show more. I feel like I know enough about this movie. I'm going to wait until I see the film. The next few trailers will be like story-based trailers. They'll tell you what's actually going on, give you more character depth and all that kind of stuff. But from this, I'm getting the vibes of Kingsman, which I didn't quite get in that first one, not much of anyway. The feels, the, the stylizedness of it all, it's there. So, yeah, I'm... I'm bored, of course. And that first Kingsman movie surprised everybody with Colin Firth. Yeah, being a kick-ass spy. Didn't we say we like he's going to become like a movie, like an action star now? Did that ever happen? It did not. No, he, <laughs> he came back for the sequel, and he's still maybe going to come back again. But this time, it's like, okay, which other English actor could we go to that wouldn't normally be seen in an action role? Ralph Fiennes. I really like it. He was Voldemort. That was actiony. Yeah, I, it is sci-fi action, but it's not like this. It's not Liam Neeson taken action. Where it <laughs> looks like we're getting sci-fi, <laughs> fantasy sci-fi. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, no fan. Yeah. Anyway, not not important. I've seen a couple of the Harry <laughs> Potters. <laughs> you don't know. The next movie, Uncut Gems. This is Adam Sandler, dramatic role. I mean, he's still got a funny voice, but dramatic role. I mean, that's his voice. At this point, you're going to have to cut the guy some slack. I mean, we're not talking Adam Sandler, Sandy Wexler here, or Adam Sandler, Waterboy. (laughs) But you're right. He does have a distinctive voice, but this is him. I've heard it's a comedy drama, so it's not a pure drama or thriller. So there's going to be some comedic elements. Throughout the air. But he's done dramatic performances before. We can go back to Punch Drunk Love, Spanglish, uh, was it Rain Over Me? Mm. He's done it. He's, he's been in that space before. You know I like his dramatic movies. He's good. Like He, like, he yeah. plays it really well. So I'm very interested in, in this movie. This is a trailer that doesn't seem to show too much, which I like. I don't really know what's going on. All we know is we've got Adam Sandler in the Diamond District. And he's got a bloody nose at one point. <laughs> and <laughs> they felt the need to include on the poster. He's got other people's money. He's placing risky bets on things. He's losing people's money. 
those people are pissed off. Where's my money? Yeah, listen, you've got I'm, our money. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really interested in this movie. You know, we both have said many times on the podcast we are Adam Sandler fans. We review all these Netflix movies. Uh, they're not all the best. His recent one, Murder Mystery, was pretty good. One of his better ones, I would say. But to see him doing something, oh, actually, you know, he's going to put some craft in here. Like He's actually going to work at this film. And I'm not saying he doesn't work at his other films because he, he still turns up and <laughs> it gives a performance, but they're not on the same level as this. Because what he's doing on Netflix, he could almost do with his eyes closed. Like, he's very good at doing that particular thing, now, whereas this is different. This is a cinema, like a, a, the idea is theatrical cinema, release. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Interesting, interesting. I mean, I, th- I think, yeah, that's a relevant point. It's not a Netflix film, so if you have any sort of grudge against Netflix movies, this isn't one. But if you do like Adam Sandler on Netflix, <laughs> he's currently working on Who Be Halloween. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> so, Halloween-based Netflix Adam so Sandler Who Be Halloween or Uncut Gems? Or both! You don't have to choose? <laughs> Why not have both? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll be there. Let's move on to movie news and the biggest thing starting us off, Spider-Man 3 is what we're calling it, or the, the third Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. Just so you know how much of a big deal this is for Jason, I received a message from his wife. <laughs> Jason was driving at the time of this news being announced, and she messaged me to let me know that he needed all the information word for word read to I him. I demanded her to read and the article. It was what one of your like, high points. Like, it's one of the best things that has ever happened to you. Keep you up to get you up to speed. So Marvel, Disney, and Sony, the deal was off the table. Spider Man no longer in the MCU. Couldn't work out. An agreement to move forward. Okay, seemed like that was done and dusted. Some of us were like, let's just wait. Let's see what happens. There's still time. Let's, there's no rush. Now, they're back. They've worked a deal out. I don't know the full details. I think it's like a th- instead of 5%, it's 30% that Disney now gets or some rubbish. But everything else is pretty much the same. Basically, business as usual. New movie coming 2021, July 16th. Part of the deal, though, is that, yes, Kevin Feige is going to be back involved with Marvel Studios in developing the third Spider-Man film for Sony, but the MCU also get to use Spider-Man at least one more time. Yes, that's part of it as well. So I'm guessing uh, an event movie. So maybe if it's an Avengers or an Avengers type or some sort of big crossover thing. I mean, it is one of those deals that when it fell through was very... Surprising because movie making is a business and it's all about making money. Mm. And both Disney and Sony were to make so much more money together and for them to just split. I mean, I can't help but think that maybe Sony didn't like... I mean, let's take... We don't know percentages, money or any of that. But let's talk about creative control. Like maybe part of this deal, what we might find out later is that there's not so many restrictions. You know how Sony made a Venom movie, couldn't mention Spider-Man? Maybe in maybe future Sony movies, yeah. yeah, they can start having other characters appear, or maybe more Sony characters will appear 
in the MCU, and then that will potentially give Sony more clout if they can see if there's an audience for these characters. One interesting way of looking at it is that you know the, the reason it was you know a bit of a bummer that we weren't well originally we weren't getting an MC, a third MCU Spider-Man movie was of where Far From Home left off. How are they going to fix it? Sony could make a movie and still kind of address it, but at the same time, it'd be kind of lackluster because of the lack of MCU stuff. I felt it would as get though, complicated. No, I felt as though they could have continued it without they could the have. MCU and just okay. I but was, it's so much easier. I mean, this was the ideal situation. I mean, yeah, like I mean, if they can cap off a trilogy. Mm. And yeah, then if... move in a different direction. And I'm saying not soft reboot as in recast, but keep the cast, the mm. Spider-Man cast. But then, okay, so now we've done a trilogy within the MCU. Let's move more towards our own direction. But when the, the news first announced that they were doing the split, the part that I did like, I talked about it in Spider-Man Far From Home. And Happy says to Spider-Man, you don't need to be the next Iron Man. You're the first Spider-Man. And I always felt as though in the MCU movies, Peter Parker is Tony Stark Jr. And I was happy, although it's due to contractual obligations, they were no longer going to have him associated with Tony Stark. I mean, that's the thing. We've always said, like, Spider-Man should be a thing where he can just function on his own. 100%. And that was one positive of having a a solely Sony-produced movie. I think I would be happy now that, that that we're at least getting one more Spider-Man MCU movie and then a, in an appearance in a crossover movie or, or something like that. If they use this third movie to more ease him out of the MCU in terms of, like, story, I would be happy. If they were like, okay, now we're done, but we did it on our terms and he's in a bit like where they left him with Far From Home, without going into details, was a stupid time for him to be out. Yeah. What so I'd, one more yeah. movie to, to do something, even if they go crazy and do multiverse stuff. Or... What I do not want to happen, you get to the end of this third Spider-Man film and Spider-Ham turns up <laughs> with the other guys from Into the Spider-Verse hey. and Peter Parker jumps to another Earth where there is no MCU. Don't do that. It'll be a perfect moment for a what the... F-? And then... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's kind of what they do in the Spider-Man movies. But there we go. So Sony giving us some great... Spider-Man news there. But 2021, so, you know, it wasn't originally... There was no Spider-Man movie in the Phase 4 plans. That's true. Now there is. Not just that, but we're getting four movies, MCU movies, in 2021. Chang-Chi, is that, is that the name? Chang-Chi, yep. Uh, Thor, Doctor Strange, and Spider-Man. Four that is movies. a great lineup. And the Marvel Studios Disney Plus stuff as well. I think there's three things. I can't remember what they are. The Hawkeye ones, uh, another two. Oh, the TV series. I think Loki, Hawkeye, and another one. Wonder WandaVision. Yeah. Getting WandaVision. So, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think that next year. That's another one. Anyway, let me get back to praising Sony for this awesome Spider-Man news. And on the back of that, Madam Web, what the hell? We're getting a Madam Web movie i'll tell you right come on sony we don't need that (laughs) if they're looking for an out of the mcu maybe madam web is what they're doing if you're not familiar with the character madam web but then if you watch the animated spider-man series from the 90s and we recently did an episode about that on sounds like comics madam web is responsible for bringing down my rating 
Anyway, if you're unfamiliar with <laughs> you the character... You don't like it, do you? <laughs> Madam Webb, who is sometimes depicted as an elderly blind woman, has psychic abilities including telepathy and clairvoyance. No casting information or release date has been revealed for the film. I would not be surprised if this never happens. If this movie <laughs> never, ever happens. Can you remember the Silver Sable movie? Black Cat, Silver Sable, or Silver and Black, whatever yeah. they're calling it. That's gone. We're still getting Morbius because Jared Leto is actively filming that like movie. Like it's happened, like that's actually it's, happening. He's on set. Venom 2 is happening. Yeah, and the yeah. circus directing, though. Yeah, so that, very interesting. I'm interested in that. And but, I'm just um, saying, if they do... Madam Web, yep. I'm thinking you know, they can get into all this freaky-deaky stuff, which <laughs> could be the, the door for Spider-Man to walk out of and say, see, MCU as we know it, I'm going over here now. And I honestly thought we would be in agreement, but you you kind of like Madam Web as a oh, character, maybe. No, I mean, I think it's a cop-out, and, you know... She's an awful character. What, awful she, character. what she brings to the table... Nothing. ...is a cop-out. <laughs> but, I mean, if they want to use it as an out, whatever. I just want... My trilogy, MC. I just want him to leave on good terms, not a cliffhanger. But we're talking Sony Marvel, so this is going to be outside of the MCU anyway. Hopefully. <laughs> we're still hoping for that. We'll see what happens in a few years. We could be having these same conversations two years later. After this third movie comes out in 2021, we could be talking about the same thing, going through this all over again. Talking about Madden Web 2. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Star Wars, um, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige is developing a new Star Wars movie. What's this? This is interesting. Well, Star Wars was a... Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, no, I, I like this. You I mean, know what? It, it's, it sounds let good. Him, let him go and make his Star Wars film. So many people online are losing their minds. He's ruined Marvel. Now he's going to do the same thing to Star Wars. And I'm like, what are you talking about? How has he ruined Marvel? Those people who are saying he ruined Marvel already think he Star Wars is ruined, so I just don't even worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's but, like, and then the speculation, he's going to take over Star Wars. No, he's not. He's just making a movie. You know, he's still going to be running Marvel Studios, but he's going to, you know, make a Star Wars film. Not to bring this back to Spider-Man, but I do like Spider-Man. Remember one of the statements was like, Kevin Feige's too busy to handle Spider-Man with all that he's got on his plate. And now he's got Spider-Man yeah. again. We and he's got Star Wars. did not buy that yeah, at the time. bullshit. Did not buy it? that. Jurassic World 3. Here we go. I'm liking the news this week. Yeah, there's some, there's some Jason news. <laughs> Lots all, of Jason news. This is all me. Uh, we got to Sam DC stuff later. Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum mm. are confirmed to reprise their roles in Jurassic World 3. And they will be major parts... Not cameos. Now, of course, Jeff Goldblum came back for the second Jurassic World movie, Fallen Kingdom, bookend the movie, yes. cameo parts. Get out of here, that was. Well, Lost World, he was on the back of a book. <laughs> and <Yeah>. then, <laughs> you're right, he bookended Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. And it was Jeff Goldblum as Jeff Goldblum. Not playing Ian Malcolm at all, really. Maybe in name, but not in personality. Well, uh, in the movies, he's an inconsistent character, so we see how he, we'll, we'll just see how it turns out this time around. But There's no talk of Chris Pratt, there's no talk, of Bryce Dallas Howard, <laughs> and I like them both, but if you give me a third Jurassic World movie focused on the original film's cast, I would be very happy. Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard are back, though. I've, heard, they, they I've are, heard no confirmation. No, they are confirmed. Back. Are they confirmed? Yeah, they've been confirmed. I don't since... need them. I don't need them. I would be happy with the old guard coming back and just leaving this movie. And don't do 
what they did in Force Awakens when they had the three actors back from Star Wars but oh. didn't have the three share screen time together. It has to happen in Jurassic World hey, 3, surely. Third, the third Star Wars movie could surprise us. We never know. It could, uh, it but that's won't. going back and fixing things. Like, just get it yeah. right first time. It's interesting. You know, Sam Neill and Laura Dern came back for part three. You know, Laura Dern in a very small role. Almost it's a cameo. short movie, the third one, but it's quite enjoyable. I thought it was all right. Uh, yeah, like, I'll talk about it. It's not the best, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's about 90 minutes or it's something. A, and... It's a monster flick. It's just, yeah, it's a ride, get on, get what on. What was it, Joe Johnston, who later went on to do First Avenger? I, I like it. There's, there's charm to it. Yeah, but the three of them have not been on screen together, well, together in a Jurassic movie since the first one, so it's all very exciting, of course. And I've even heard the two kids, Lex and Tim, their names are slipping me, which is bad. We'll are you looking on. for the actors or the actors? Yeah, but that's... No, no, not a clue. <laughs> Fair enough. Not a clue. Now uh, the kid was in uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, and oh yeah, uh, the Lex girl was in one of those Tremors movies. Maybe good. But um, yeah, <laughs> they apparently Big want to Jurassic come back Park as well. fun here. <laughs> if they all, I'm blanking. It's late, but it, yeah, apparently they want to come back as well. So you know what? Just doing more. Like... If I was them, I'd want to come back too. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be in that billion-dollar yeah. movie. Oh, hire me. Oh, I'll take it. But no, very exciting, so I guess we'll move on, because that's all I can say. It's good stuff. Ghostbusters uh, 2020. Is that what we're calling it? Is it just me? Are we doing each of the stories here? <laughs> like, Topic-wise. Probably should have. <laughs> yeah, started with Spider-Man, so just went that way. Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson confirmed they'll be in the new Ghostbusters movie. Love it. Uh, Bill Murray's involvement has not yet been confirmed. But my, uh, any time now, any time. I think it'll happen. I think it'll happen. Well, if he was in bloody Paul Feig's movie. Which he's... movie? Oh, right, yeah, it's a yeah. cameo, yeah. Yeah, I mean... We've got two out of four. You know, it's going to feel like Ghostbusters. Can we get four? No, don't Of course not. Um, oh, come on. But, you know, I <laughs> I like that these two are on board. It's sounded as though they were on board all along. But now... Dan Aykroyd was always on board. Someone now says Goldbusters. Goldbusters. Goldbusters, that's a different film. <laughs> Someone says Ghostbusters and Dan Aykroyd's like, I'm all on it. He's Ghostbusters, <laughs> man. Like, it was him. Like, he created it. Him and Harold Ramis back in the beginning, you know, reworked Aykroyd's original script. So without Dan Aykroyd, you don't get Ghostbusters anyway. So I'm glad that he's back in Ernie Hudson as well. The Batman. Some casting news here, which I'm quite excited about, to be honest. The Batman may have found its Commissioner Gordon in Jeffrey Wright. Now, interesting. Now, I know this guy from Westworld. I know this guy as Felix from the Daniel Craig Bond movies, but he has been working for a very long time. Oh, like he is a good actor. He and is I think a that's great the, important, actor. the important part before you question anything else. <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah, I've got no. Mm. Yeah, I'm completely on board. With this casting, so we've got Robert Pattinson as a younger Batman. And like, let's surround this guy with top actors. You know, we've got Matt Reeves directing the movie. We're potentially going to have Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon. Jonah Hill is being eyed for a undisclosed role. So people are thinking Riddler, Penguin, not quite knowing where they're going with that. But either way, that's I could three see Penguin Man. really good actors. I quite like him for Riddler. But we'll just have to wait okay, and yeah. see what they do with this. Now, apparently, there's some back and forth with Jonah Hill regarding money. And without talking figures too much, apparently the number that he has 
is twice the amount that Pattinson is getting for the role. Oh. But that wouldn't be unheard of. Like oh, yeah. If you look back at Christopher Reeve, Superman, Marlon Brando, mm-hmm. Gene Hackman, Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton. <laughs> so again, it's not unheard of. But those three actors, if that's who they start with in a Batman movie, I think he's just brilliant. Now I'm going to play dumb here. and So is this in the DC universe of films that we've already got? Or this movie is said to take place in the 90s and it's an early Batman story. Connected? Potentially. So, like, so Robert Pattinson, in a way, grows up to be Potentially, Potentially, yeah. Could okay. be. So there's 20 years between the timeline with Pattinson's Batman and Ben Affleck. Nothing to do with, um, obviously, you know, the elephant in the room being Jeffrey Wright, you know, like... Oh, okay, that, yeah, that, would, appearance, that would... Which is okay. That would throw a span in the works because J.K. Uh, Simmons, sorry, is Gordon in those yeah. movies. And, like, not the fact that, you know, he doesn't 100% look like the comic iteration of the character. I'm all for that. It's the fact that, you know, they're, they're changing that up from J.K. Simmons to... Jeffrey Wright. You know, that I, would be... I don't need it all to be connected now. You know, they've, they've tried. You know, we've got, you know, Man of Steel, then Wonder mm. Woman, Justice League, and they mentioned Justice League in the Aquaman movie. We get that Man of Steel cameo in Shazam. So they are still keeping things connected. But then if you look at a movie like Joker, that's just intending to be this one-and-done film... I'd imagine the Batman would be a planned trilogy with Matt Reeves, but I'm okay with them just going out and just making movies about these characters. And not thinking too... Which is kind of the, the opposite of what people have been crying out for them to do. You know, like Marvel Studios would be like, they plan everything 10 years in advance, whereas, like, just make good movies. Guys. I, honestly, just make good, I, one good movie and yeah. then see how things go. I'd be fine either way. So if it's not, connected, if it's not connected. But if you look at Iron Man in Iron Man 2, they go from Terrence Howard to Don Cheadle. So even within continuity, they've recast. Sure. So maybe they make Jeffrey Wright, Gordon in the Batman and any other future appearances. They don't go to Simmons. They cast Jeffrey Wright. Right. Like So it's like, eh, it's fixed now. You know, like we've made the change. Moving forward, he is the new Gordon. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But casting, I really like it. They're good actors and that's all that really matters. Superman Red Sun, the star-studded voice roster for Superman Red Sun is here. We've got Jason Isaacs as Superman, uh, Diedrich Bader as Lex Luthor, Amy Acker, you've seen her in The Gifted as Lois Lane, Vanessa Marshall from Star Wars Rebels as Wonder Woman, and Phil Morris from Doom Patrol as James Olsen. Fantastic names. Yeah, yeah, wow. Jason Isaacs as Superman, yeah. Really like it. Interesting <laughs> choice. I mean, this is a Superman that didn't grow up in Kansas. He instead grew up in Russia. I was actually about to ask you the super question. I was like, so this one definitely is a standalone animated movie because yes, you're not is, in that continuity. Uh, no, this, I mean, yes. The, this is a standalone. The premise of the movie pretty much paints that picture. Isaacs is an actor that is very good at doing accents. He recently did a Russian accent in The Death of Stalin. Ah, checks out, that's good. And now he's going back <laughs> and he's going to voice Superman here. That was what his I audition. Love about these DC animated movies is they sometimes, they're so left field with their casting. Like in a million years, I wouldn't have thought they'd go to Jason Isaacs as Superman. Mm. But upon hearing it, it's like, yeah, that could really... Work. It's like Rain Wilson as Lex Luthor. He is really like, good as Lex. Hang on, that guy from The Office, and it's like, 
Wow, he's got a creepy voice. But Red Sun, always been a fan of the original comic written by Mark Miller, illustrated by Dave Johnson. Just three issues. So they're going to have to pad it out to maybe a 90-minute or 80-minute movie. Yeah, it can be done. But we get Russian Batman and Superman. Uh, well, it's a Superman, but Lois <laughs> Lane's in there. Wonder Woman's in there. So it's still very much a DC movie, only it's like an Elseworlds tale. So all the other, so all these other characters, you know, like Lois Lane and stuff. So they're all like a Russian. They live in Russia, or, or is it just Superman? It has been quite the... a while since I've read it, but I believe so. I believe so. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's as if like the DC universe, instead of being based in the US, is based in yeah. Russia. Ah, oh, so that's a lot of change. Uh, watch the movie to find out more, I guess. <laughs> or like me, go back and read the comic. Read the comic. Maybe yeah. get a refresher. Clue. Remember the board game Clue? Or here in Australia, did you get its Cluedo? It's Cluedo, man. Yes, it's Cluedo. It's Cluedo for me. But the Americans are mm. making a movie based on their board game Clue. So yeah, therefore, Clue. the movie is mm. Clue. When we get the movie, will it be Cluedo? Remember the old movie? Was that's that called Clue as well? Yes, it was just called Clue. So maybe that's what they're doing. It's like a Wally and Waldo situation. I'm not happy. Anyway, beyond the title, <laughs> Jason Bateman and Ryan Reynolds are developing a Clue remake together. With Bateman directing and both likely to star. We're always up for a good... Who done it? Who done it? <laughs> Murder mystery in a mansion. Knives out. I'm really looking forward to yeah. that movie. Murder mystery, Adam Sandler. I've talked about that movie a lot recently on the podcast. You, do, you keep bringing that up. <laughs> we watched it. We did it. It's done. We did a rating. <laughs> do you think this would be like full-on murder mystery or with these actors, are we going to get a comedy? It- it does, I think for me, it leans that way, but yeah, I'd it say. It could surprise us. No, do you know what? I mean, I'd say, like, if you're going to go to Jason Bateman and Ryan Reynolds, it's <laughs> like, you know, yeah, no, it's going <laughs> to be gonna that. It's going to be a comedy. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like. What you know, are we talking about? You know, we know you do this thing really, really well. We want to hire you to not do that thing. It's like Will Smith in After Earth. Both of them have done good dramatic <laughs> roles. That not Will Smith. No, Will Smith has. Yes, not, he not has. in that movie. Not in that movie. Don't no. be a dick. No, Will Smith's done. No, Pursuit Will... of Happiness. Let me make a case for Will Smith. Will Smith is amazing. Sorry, that came out. Okay, I don't know. dramatic performances. Ryan Reynolds, go. All I can think of is Green Lantern. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, Jason you Bateman failed he... epically. The gift. Is, it, it, Isn't that, that TV show The Ozarks? He's doing that. He's not very sure. funny in that. Charlie Ryan Reynolds. Ryan done. Reynolds. He did that movie where what was it called? Where he was buried underground. For yeah, buried. <laughs> <laughs> was that a good dramatic performance? That was a really good movie. I Have you give, not watched that? I movie? want to give a disclaimer here. Big Ryan Reynolds fan. <laughs> you know, really Have you not watched Buried? Um, I haven't. No. Early recommend. Okay. Go buried. Okay. Is have you exhausted your recommend? For the episode, no, but uh, that's a okay. But um, but clue our level of excitement gauge that on how on topic we stayed. Maybe I don't uh, know. Let's now do, I'm pretty interested. Let's in that. let's do TV news before we break a leg or foot or something. I don't know. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Here we go. I'll just sit there I was it. saying last episode. <laughs> I will give you an update each episode because there's always going to be a little bit of news. But wow. <laughs> We have got some big, big news for the latest DC TV crossover. We knew that we were going to get Brandon Routh as Kingdom Come Superman. We've now seen a first look of him in the costume. They've nailed it. It looks just like the Alex Ross design. 
They've given Brandon Ralph uh, Grey Temples, which is a nice touch. I think yeah. um, Reed Richards as a reference, if you've not actually seen the picture. I did read, and I don't know how confirmed this is, but what I read is that the Kingdom Come Superman in the crossover is confirmed to be the same Superman from his 2006 film, Superman Returns. Would that work and fit with... But what makes it even more interesting, though, if that's the case, this Superman is a continuation of the same Superman of the Christopher Reeve era, because that's what Superman Returns always that's was. correct, yeah. So, continuing Christopher Reeve's story, as well as tying into Kingdom Come, bringing back Brandon Routh, I would personally love that, Although I think having the kid that didn't really go anywhere in Superman <laughs> Returns could be a little bit confusing. Probably won't mention him. Probably not. But you've seen the picture. Kate the Bosworth costume. Going to come back. Probably we not. Don't need her. <laughs> oh, we've got heaps of Lois Lanes already, and I'll get to that. But you know, the costume. You've seen it. Yes. No. When I the first time I saw it, I knew exactly what it was, which is good for me, seeing as I, like my DC knowledge isn't intense. But no, Kingdom Come. I've seen that Alex Ross cover heaps. I love it. Like, and yeah, they just nail it, man. It's a perfect costume, and and Alex Ross has done this many times over. But it's essentially the Superman costume as you need it, whereas there's no yellow in the S, and it's more um, it's like, like a straight lines, thin, like thin straight yeah. lines S. And the only other big change on the costume, instead of a yellow belt, it's a black belt. But it just so much to. Add that distinction and maturity to the character. The quality of costume, though, it's like it's movie level. So that's it's so impressive. I cannot wait. And they're doing a the thing, unlike other crossovers, where we're going to have to wait until January to finish. I think other ones have been between three and four episodes. This is going to be five episodes. We get, I think, maybe the first three in December, finish in January. I'll be very excited. I'll be waiting for Christmas to end just so I can watch the end or the finale of Crisis on Infinite Earth. Now, last, I know, it was our last episode and we were talking about some Crisis on Infinite Earth stuff and I was like, just waiting for them to announce some Smallville casting. And I said, I don't think it's going to happen. They paid a nice homage <laughs> in the Elseworlds crossover. <laughs> I wanted it to happen. Yeah. I just didn't think they would. I've listened to interviews with Tom Welling. He's talked about his time on the series. He enjoyed it, but it's very much in the past for him. And I just thought, it's not going to happen. But it is. <laughs> it is going to happen. And not just Tom Welling. Erica Jorance, who played Lois Lane on Smallville, will be reprising her role in the Crisis crossover. And joining co-star Tom Welling, who will return to his role as Clark Kent. While it's unclear exactly how their characters will factor into the Five Night crossover, the event promises to reveal exactly what their versions of Lois and Clark have been up to in the eight years since Smallville ended. And we recently got a picture that I think uh, Erica Jones posted online of her and Welling together again on the farm. And they look great together. It's good to see Lois and Clark together all these years later. And Tom Whaley, man, he looks beefy. He looks in good shape. Like, mus- muscle. He looks like a tough Superman. I mean, this crossover is part of the Arrowverse. That's where it is. That's where it sits. But before Arrow, we had Smallville for 10 years. So I like that they're going to bring these characters into the fold. Michael Rosenbaum, though, he played Lex Luthor in Smallville, won't be reprising his role. So it's a bit disappointing, although he's very 
honest, and I do listen to his podcast Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum, and he cut straight to it, and he explained his reason why he's not actually going to take part. Here's what he had to say. No script, no idea what I'm doing, no idea when I'm shooting, basically no money. I get it. And we're already getting John Cryer back as Lex Luthor from Smallville. We're not short of characters in this crossover. It would have been nice if he did come back, but I support his reason for not wanting to come back. Ashley Scott, do you remember her? Uh, Birds of Prey. Yes, she will be reprising her role as Huntress from the Birds of Prey TV series. This is going back a bit, isn't it? It is going back a bit. And honestly, like the more people they bring back, Burt Ward, Ashley Scott, Brandon Ralph, Tom Welling, I'm like, come on, Dean Kane, what are you doing? Can somebody get Dean Kane on the phone? And Terry Hatchett. Come on. Of course, of course. You need Lois and Clark together. But I would <laughs> the love new, to new adventures. see Dean Kane back as Clark Kent. Now, I had a deep dive on Superman on YouTube the other night, and it was before the, the reveal of the Brandon Routh costume. And I watched the, the airplane scene from Superman Returns, best scene in the whole movie. That film peaked early. And, <laughs> and then I started looking at different clips from Lois and Clark. And as a 35-year-old man, as I'm watching it, it's like, yeah, Dean Cain's acting wasn't necessarily the best. But I will say this. Still love it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's cheesier than I remembered. And yeah, yeah. It's, he was a sportsman first and then he came to acting late. Got to give him that. But yeah, to see him back as Superman would would just absolutely make this even more for me. But then if they stop here, they've already given us so much. Don't remember if I told you, but like Dean Cain Superman was my first on-screen Superman, which is bizarre and stupid, but he was. I watched him as Superman on... The New Adventures of Superman before I watched the Christopher Reeves movies. I'm young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, the big one growing up was Superman 2. That's the one that I gravitated mm. towards. So Christopher Reeve was Superman for me growing up. But I remember I would have been, I mean, how old? Maybe 9, 10 when Lois and Clark first aired. And I remember it was a Saturday night. And I watched the pilot, but you know, we didn't have the internet then, you know, you know like, what was going on. No, so it was just advertised, oh, there's a new Superman movie. And then, you know, one of the best experiences, TV related, I should say, <laughs> of my childhood <laughs> was getting to the end of that pilot and just hearing the announcer say, next week on the new Avengers Superman. I'm like, what? So yeah, I grew up, those four years of Lois and Clark was an absolute joy. Back then, at that age, I watch them as an action superhero drama. You watch it today, it's a romantic comedy (laughs) with the occasional special effect. Yeah. Oh, we've also got some more crisis on Earth news. And this is the last part. And this is not a character coming back. This is going to be his first time on screen live action. This is an actor from Supernatural, Osric Chow. He will be playing Ryan Chow, a.k.a. The Atom. We already have Ray Palmer, played by Brandon Routh. This is going to get very confusing as the Atom. <laughs> but now we're going to get a new Atom. But that kind of makes sense because Routh is going to be busy being Kingdom Come Superman. Uh, Chow is described as a physics professor at Ivy Town University, who is just a normal guy who comes to learn that he has a pivotal role to play in the coming crisis. And he becomes mm-hmm. the new Atom. All right. So that is your latest <laughs> Crisis on Infinite Earths update. Honestly, like when they did Elseworlds last year, it was just, it was so good. We got introduced to Batwoman, Ruby Rose, and there's 
all these things going on. We had Superman and Lois Lane in there. And it's like, what can they do next? They literally went, hold my beer. We're going to do... We'll just do it all. (laughs) Oh, great. (laughs) Yeah, wow. Crisis and Infinite Earths. I cannot wait. There's a bit more Arrowverse news and Arrow spin-off. Season 8 of Arrow, which we know will be the last season for Arrow, will host a backdoor pilot to a spin-off series centred on a new Green Arrow, the Mia Smoke character and the Canaries... Laurel Lance, and Donna Drake. Uh, Catherine McNamara, Katie Cassidy, and Juliana um, Harkavy will all reprise their roles for the new series. I'm going to bring it down the notch for my crisis excitement. And I'm just <laughs> going to say, I'm not too sure about this. As characters, they are fine. And this is interesting. I mean, The Flash essentially started as a spin-off from Arrow. I mean, yes. Their backdoor pilot system works. But with this, though, <laughs> what they're telling us is that out of the 10 episodes that we're going to get for the final season of Arrow, at least one of them will be setting up a spin-off. And that's kind of a kick in the nuts, isn't it? Like... Yes. So we've gone from like 21, 22, maybe even 23 episodes per season to, to 10. Really nine. One of them, backdoor pilot. So a nine episode last season. But we'll have to wait and see. I do like Black Canary as a character. They're being a bit free and loose with the portrayal of the Canaries in Arrow. We've got White Canary, Black Canary, Black Siren. And then we've got Green Arrow in the future. You know, they've they've made the decision to bring Arrow to an end, which, you know, could be a smart decision. They're like, you know, we're kind of done with what we can do there. Obviously, they believe that they still have these characters. But, I mean, those characters could flirt around in other series and do other things. Which I'd imagine would happen as well. I mean, we just have to wait and see. But what will, like, are they going to do a Scrubs and just be like, well, this is Arrow Season 9, but not really? Stephen Amell, who plays Oliver Queen, Green Arrow, he was at a point where it felt as though they'd done it and he was ready to move on. So you can imagine a lot of his co-stars would be like, Hang on a minute. Man, we're still... We want to stick around for a little bit. And maybe yeah. they found a way for that to happen. So we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, the characters that they've decided to to keep, I do like. Mia Smoke, I don't know too much about her. Because in the last season, we've just seen her... Instead of doing the flashbacks, in season seven, they do flash forwards. And that's where we're introduced <laughs> to, to Mia Smoke. Right. She's the daughter of Ollie and Felicity. Spoilers, I know you're like years behind I kind of, on Arrow. I can't put that together. Okay. I mean, it doesn't take a genius, I guess. <laughs> like, smoke and... Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that tracks. And Arrow. That tracks. Sure. <laughs> and then Speedy in the comics was Mia. Okay, moving on. What? Uh, Marvel's Ghost Rider. Remember that TV series coming to Hulu? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> okay. Uh, not moving forward due to creative differences. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I've heard... These are light rumors. There's nothing official, but I've heard that... They have Marvel Studios have been talking about doing their own Ghost Rider, like a, a movie. Maybe not this phase, but you know, like the next somewhere in there, they they have plans to do something like that. When I started hearing those rumors, boom! A couple of days later, this Ghost Rider. TV if they don't bring back Nick Cage, I'm not interested. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like they did a good enough Ghost Rider in Marvel's Agents of Shield. It wasn't Johnny Blaze. It was the other guy. Yeah, which is, um, oh, is it, oh, no, is it Jaime? No, what's he? I'm blanking, and he's currently an Avenger in the ongoing Avengers comics, which I'm <laughs> reading, but for some reason I am blanking on his name. But he's the guy that instead of having a motorcycle, it's 
It's a car. car yeah. Oh, this is killing me that I can't remember his name. But they brought the the actor Gabriel Luna from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to this Hulu show, although they had said that it wasn't necessarily going to be connected to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Then why even use the same uh, actor? Yeah. At Hulu, they were developing simultaneously a Ghost Rider TV series and a Hellstrom TV series. Now, Damien Hellstrom is the son, I believe, of Mephisto, who is the devil that first attaches the Ghost Rider spirit to uh, Johnny Blaze in the first place in Ghost Rider. All connected. And they were said to be running both these shows, and, and I'm talking off script here, so from memory, they were talking <laughs> about doing both these shows under the banner Spirits of Vengeance. Sure. And that was a title that okay. then the comics for a while, and Ghost Rider was known as Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. They even used that tag on the second Ghost Rider movie. But apparently Hellstrom is still happening, but Ghost Rider isn't. But we're getting so much Marvel movies, TV. When they say one isn't happening, I'm okay. Yeah. And especially if it's a Ghost Rider it's series. Fine. We're still getting Blade on the big screen, so who cares? And Hulu, what, they've still got... Those. That X-Men movie that's never going to get released. New Mutants. <laughs> <laughs> They've still got that one. So it's fine. Isn't Hulu the one that has... Um, Runaways. The Runaways and the other one you hate. Cloak no. and Dagger. I mean, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do dislike <laughs> it a lot. No, Cloak and Dagger is Freeform, which oh. used to be ABC Family in the US. <laughs> and Freeform is crossing over with Hulu to share the Cloak and Dagger characters with oh, Runaways. Oh, I thought they were on the... I don't know. It doesn't matter. Nope. Different networks. Wow. Different I, networks. I thought they were the same. That's why I made okay. it. Obi Wan Kenobi. You are our only hope. Deborah Chow, who has directed episodes of The Mandalorian and Better Call Saul, will direct the new Obi Wan Kenobi Disney Plus series. I like it. One series, one director. It's the whole thing. Overseeing the whole thing. That's a good system. And she's I think. got decent credits. Like, yeah, no. Yeah. Well, okay, if, good. <laughs> if the Mandalorian. Yeah. Oh, man, the Mandalorian looks brilliant. Anyway, Walker, <laughs> Texas Ranger. Can you remember that, Chuck Norris? It's My a, yeah. mum loved the show. So I watched this so much as a kid. <laughs> was I a fan? Not really, but it was on a lot. Supernatural's Jared Padalecki will star in a reboot of Walker, Texas Ranger as Cordell Walker. And as I mentioned earlier, a role originally played by... Chuck Norris. So, Supernatural's ending. This is what he's doing. Wait, is it ending? Oh, yeah. wait, we knew that. No, the final season. That. we have. About... It's the final season. So we know what he's doing after Supernatural. We're still waiting on Jensen Ackles. I'm hoping he's going to play Jason Todd Redhood. He was awesome in the animated movie. <laughs> sure, he's got the voice, so maybe he's got the skills for live action. But um, yeah, Walker, Texas Ranger. I bring nothing to the table you here. You do not. I've got nothing. I've got nothing here. I'm okay, sorry. I'm glad it's not the last news item. Uh, let me talk about Glow for a sec. Glow will return to Netflix one last time for a fourth and final season. Are you still watching this? I'd never started. It is bloody good. <laughs> like the first series, or season should I say, the first season is really good. The second season is really better. There's a character named Bash who is bloody hilarious in it. But what I'm finding with season three, it's like they've turned down the comedy and turned up the drama. So I'm watching it and it's okay. And those elements, for the most part, are still there from previous seasons. But I'm glad that they're at least getting one more season. But I think four seasons would be a, a good run for them. 
That's good for a Netflix show. Yeah, because it's normally <laughs> three and done. Three and best. done. But it's a good show. Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Check it out. I've even recommended it, I think, on the, you did, yeah, on the yeah, podcast. Probably more than once. And know. I'm saddened that you still <laughs> have not listened. Watched even. I'm saddened. That's how sad I am. <laughs> Can't get the right word out. That's it for the news. Um, we'll go on to our recommends. I don't know if I've recommended this before. Although, actually, I know that I haven't because it's got a ridiculously long title. <laughs> the reason why I'm saying that is because I watched it. It's a documentary on Netflix. And then when it finished, it asked me if I wanted to change my rating. I'm like, oh, I thought I'd seen this before. Because <laughs> I often rate something from up, from down after I've oh, seen so it. you watched it twice. Okay, yes, I have watched it twice. But the reason why I'm leaning towards not recommending it on the podcast is because I would have remembered saying this on the podcast. The power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. How do you not remember watching that? Because, and I'm going to blame the show, The Toys That Made Us. Because Uh... they did an episode all about Masters of the Universe. And as I'm watching this documentary, when it's familiar, I'm thinking, that must have been on The Toys That Made Us. Ah, the brain. But this is something different. It is a 90-minute colourful documentary that explores the origins and impact of He-Man, a character whose power stretched well beyond the toy line and children's TV show. It's well worth your time. But again, like I got to the end I'm like an hour and a half later. I think I've seen this. Well worth your time to us. <laughs> it's it's a good it's a good documentary. You know, the you know, they go from the original inception of the character and it was originally, you know, just to sell toys and it became much more than that. So it's a good documentary with a very long title. <laughs> One more time. The power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He Man. And the masters of the universe. It's it's, no, it's great, fantastic. Um, I'm going to recommend um, Disenchantment, or specifically the second season. Now, here's what happened: watch the first season. It took its time to sort of, kind of find its ground, at least with me, anyway. But I enjoyed the end of the the first, the second half of that first season. Went back into the second season. Another wife watching it. I jumped on board as well. Solid whole way through. It's it's more serial than like previous. Matt Groening productions and stuff like that. But of course, yeah, created by Matt Groening, fantasy sitcom. Um, it's set in the medieval fantasy kingdom of Dreamland. The series follows the story of Bean, a rebellious and alcoholic princess, her naive uh, elf companion, Elfo, and her destructive personal demon, Lucy. Um, it's just weird, man. It's a weird show. Animation style is fantastic. And for a fantasy-based show, which is not a genre I lean towards, it's got me. Are you recommending the second season, or are you recommending the show? I look. I'll say the show, but specifically the second season. I don't know. Take it as as you want. Whatever works easier for you when you tell the world. Okay. <laughs> Via Instagram slash Twitter. I have watched the first episode three times of the first season. Yes. Like I said, it takes a while to find to find its ground. Like I thought the show was about you know the trio. And just, you know, being, like, just bad people and doing ridiculous things. But it goes on to, like, there's this mystery about Bean's mum. Yeah, And, okay. like, there's all this other stuff going on. There's, like, this whole thing with the elves and, like, there's, there's stuff that happens. And it's, like, like I said, it's very serial. So it's cliffhanger endings and then things going on, you know, story arcs 
across the season, so there's more to it. But yeah, the first couple episodes of the first season just kind of made the show seem like it was about the three of them just getting up to no good and doing I things. Keep, which I'm don't... trying. I have, I have been trying I to watch it. And I struggled with them, yeah. and I was like, but I pushed through because the wife was watching it. And it really, it's And that's it. In my house, I'm the only one that's showing any yeah. interest. In fact, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the first episode, when it when it aired, like, the day that it dropped, my wife and I watched the first episode together and did nothing for either of us. And then time had passed and I came back and thought, oh, you know, I'll give it another try. And then just before the second season dropped, I thought, I'm going to try again in that first episode. But I had the same problem. I said this to you before with... Rick and Morty. I had the exact and same issue with Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty, I think maybe five episodes, and then, and then something just clicks. And maybe, I'm on season three now with it. Like, right. you know, Rick and Morty is yeah. brilliant. So maybe I just need to go back and give, this, give this another go. I really like you know the creator, the actors, the animation style. That's it. The voices, yeah. the animation, the music the even. The quality is, like, is there. It's wonderful. And, you know, it, they're short seasons, ten episodes. I think. Yeah, 10 episodes a season, so it's like, done and dusted. And it's on Netflix. I'm not sure if I mentioned it, but the long title, I won't do it again, that of my recommend <laughs> is, Netflix. is also on Netflix. We always like to close out with a bit of trivia. And you know what? Randomly, I'm going to go with Clue, the 1985 <laughs> oh, wow. movie. I just okay. thought this was really interesting. Three endings were shot. Um, and a different one was shown at each, oh, you know, at different theaters. So all three are included on like home video. The DVD, however, aside from all three endings, also offers the option to play the movie um, with the one randomly selected ending. Oh wow! So you could watch each time and not know how it's going to end. Oh, that's, that's, In wow. some cities, the newspaper print ads indicated which version you would be watching. You know, ending A, ending B, ending C. Um, yeah, I just thought I really like that. It's really interesting that. They made this movie, and you don't... Even if the movie was spoiled or it leaked out, you didn't know what you were going to get. But an ending can often often make a movie, and especially on a whodunit. Mm. So we get to the end, and then, depending where you are in the world, and you're chatting with a friend, and you you saw a different ending. That's Probably cool. Different. But I mean, sometimes in those whodunits, so the clues need to make sense for it to be a satisfying That's ending. That's true, yeah. So whether there were some that made sense and didn't, or I don't know. There's a concept, though. I like it. I wonder if they'll do the same thing this time around with that uh, Ryan Reynolds, Jason Bateman movie. In the dramatic slash comedic movie? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Who knows? But that's it for our movie show. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We are on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as That Film's Due Podcast. And all our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmsdewpodcast.com. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of Rambo, Last Blood. Sounds Like Comics did a uh, recent episode looking at Marvel's Jessica Jones Season 3. And Rewind and Review have an upcoming episode looking at American Pie from 1999. And stay tuned for our upcoming review of Joker. Yeah. Looking forward to that one. You've been listening to Jason and Luke, the guys from that film studio. See you soon. <laughs>